to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. I'm Amy Dix, international best-selling author, speaker, and founder of Choose Happy. We create and build insanely happy workforces for companies around the world. We believe that by creating better people at work, they will create better businesses and better businesses build a better world. Stick around to the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the most inspiring podcasts in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hey, crazy happy people. Thanks for choosing the Happiest Places to Work podcast. This is your host, Star Henderson, and today we have with us Liza Farm. Hey, Liza. Hi, Star. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Already raring go and at work today, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your workplace and what you do there. Yeah. So I work for a company called Master Builder Solutions. Uh, We manufacture um, construction materials for the commercial construction industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're a global organization, but I support a regional business unit within the United States and Canada. Um, And our team is, uh, you know, dispersed through office. You know, we have an office uh, just outside of Minneapolis. We have um, um, multiple manufacturing facilities. Then we have our remote workforce um, across the the two countries. And my role is to, you know, support on the basic HR uh, elements of the organization and and those needs, but then also to help with culture and how do we keep our employees engaged, uh, which, you know, drives productivity. How do we keep them focused on the ultimate goal and, and what we're trying to strive for every single day? So, um, you know, HR, is that happy resources? No, it's, you said human resources. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, depending on the day, it can be a little bit of both. I think that, um, you know, the, the joy of human resources is you never know what's going to hit you on any given day. Uh, you can plan as much as you want, but ultimately you're, you're working with the people element of the business. And so um, it could be basic problem solving, or it could be, you know, helping someone understand what's going on in their world and how they can get more joy out of it. Yeah. What are some things that you guys have tried at Master, Bu- Master Builders Solutions? Yeah. So what's, What's really great is uh, the organization in the last couple of years has transitioned um, from being owned by BASF, which is a large chemical uh, manufacturing organization, into private equity ownership. So we've really been able to sort of create what it is that we want. And in the business unit that I directly support, I have there are multiple business units in the region. I have some peers that that manage those. But in the one that I support, it's construction systems. And and we've really focused on culture in the last uh, four or five years. Mm -hmm. And I've only been with the organization a couple of years. So I came in mid journey. Um, And at that point, we had already established some values that we knew were core to our business and core to our employees. And we we had started a grassroots approach to culture and engagement. Um, So me coming into the organization, um, I really wanted to take that grassroots energy and build it into how do we make this um, more intentional from from a, a organizational perspective. So we started getting managers involved. We started to build this into, you know, um, some goals, some action items out of feedback that we got from our employees um, in order to get our our frontline managers involved in what was going on. um, But then also to make sure that our leadership team can uh, can sort of see where the ship is being steered and what are we doing outside of culture that might be impacting our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so from that stemmed a lot of, hey, let's clarify roles and responsibilities, not just within teams, but across teams. Right. Um, 
it also stemmed with, hey, how can we have more open conversations with our employees about their behaviors that tie to our values? Um, and how does that drive, you know, our performance um, and what we're accountable for across the business? So those are just a few of the things that we focused on the last couple of years um, that I think helped us get through these challenges of, of COVID-19. Oh, I bet. This first work environment, even more than what we currently have. Mm-hmm. And, and this, you know, tumultuous center of change that we keep seeing within the the marketplace. Sure. It's funny because you said that, you know, the joy that you get out of your work is that everything's different every day, right? Working with people and people things and the fact that, you know, today is different than tomorrow. But it sounds to me like part of your corporate culture was building in that predictability. Like, you know what team A does, what team B is responsible for and how you all are supposed to work together. And does that seem like it works well for keeping your employees happier? I think so. And and really at the core root of it, it's understanding where that predictability is. So you're prepared for unpredictability, um, okay. uh, you know, even even dynamically within human resources, everybody's different. Everybody might have different needs, but mm-hmm. ultimately you take a pretty, you know, theoretical approach and process to how you work through those challenges so that you have that consistency as well. And, and when you start to extrapolate that out to the organization, you see that that's not unique to human resources. It's, it's inherent in just about everything that you do. You establish the process and the theory mm-hmm. behind it. And then whatever hits you, whether it's, you know, Texas freeze and all of a sudden raw materials yeah. are a problem or, <laughs> oh my gosh, you have a pandemic that you don't, you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. You're prepared to do that because you know what functionality looks like. Got it. So um, problems are different across the spectrum, but problem solving is, is consistent sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you touched on, touched on retention a little bit. Tell me about how you are specifically retaining employees and celebrating those that are staying with you longer. Uh, so when it comes to retention with our employees, we, we have, um, you know, a really long standing group of employees that have been with the business for decades. That's always special. Um, yeah. And, and it's really great to see. And I, and I think you see that inherent to the construction industry in general, um, even our customers and, and contractors that we work with, they're family businesses. So you see the generational shifts, you know, they pass it on to the next up and coming individual that gets so lucky to run it. And you see that somewhat with what we're doing, where you just have people that want to stay with us. And we, we celebrate that by, by making sure that those employees feel valued in what they're doing, that we are utilizing their skill set. Uh, where their strengths are. We're not, you know, trying to manage people out of the business just because the one role that they're in doesn't fit. We look at the full picture and say, what else can you do? Maybe it's just the wrong role. And we try to find something for them. Um, And, and I think, you know, that, that grassroots culture or that just inherent culture that people have is what keeps them working for us. They know that there's a purpose. They know that they're adding value to it Mm -hmm. and they know that they're enjoying the people that they're working with along the way. Yeah. So if you're having issues, you're not out of the family. You just have to find a different position. It sounded like. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, yeah, it doesn't work for everybody. And right. I think that sometimes you have to find that right role in that right industry and company. But, you know, for the most part, if we see that there's skills and potential that are untapped, yeah, mm-hmm. let's find a way to make it work. Let's find a way to utilize that because if we don't, somebody else will. Right. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned also grassroots, right? So I'm assuming, you know, from the ground up, they have some type of impact on the culture, they being the employees um, mm-hmm. in creating their own happiness and then creating a happy place to work. So tell me a little bit about that and your programs behind that. 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, grassroots is, you know, you just make sure that, that it's out there that people care about what they're doing every day. They care about their experience at work and they care about the people they're working with. Um, and so I don't think that you really have to put a lot of structure around it other than to get it out there so that everybody knows that this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, you know, we do that through, through communication. Uh, communication is key. Uh, we keep our employees connected with what our management and leadership teams are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we make sure that they feel heard so they can play a role in our innovation process. Uh, they can play a role in our recognition programs. Um, and so that they are a part of the company, not them. And then the company. Yeah. Nice. So if they feel like a coworker is deserving of recognition, they can, they can tell somebody. Yes. So uh, let me dive a little bit farther into that. So we have a a recognition program that was started through our culture team that we have that focuses on culture and it's called Impact Champions and it's centered around our values. So we have six values that we've identified and then we have a seventh, which is safety. It will always be a value. It'll all be inherent. (laughs) One through seven, right? It's all of them. (laughs) Exactly right. Yeah. And if you see somebody doing something, whether it's... um, you know, they they helped you out with some really basic concept on Excel or they, you know, were able to find some data that helped you meet a deadline or something bigger or something smaller, or, you know, just anything it is. It's a great way to be able to say thank you mm-hmm. and to get that recognition of these are the behaviors that we already know exist in our organization and that we want to continue to promote amongst all of our employees. So um, those that are um nominated as an impact champion, get recognized in a monthly call that we have with our business. Uh, They are also given a handwritten note and they get either a sticker or a magnet. So stickers can go on hard hats in our manufacturing sites. Magnets can go on cubicles or or wherever you want to put it. It's a pin as well. Um, And then uh, every other month or so, we organize lunches with leadership. So if you've been nominated, you get to have lunch with a leadership team member you know, kind of ask them all the questions that you want to ask them and talk about things that maybe don't come out in mainstream conversation. I really like that um, idea of teamwork, right? And um, the fact that you're recognizing people for impacting not only the process, but the people around them. Yes. Yeah. And, and really, you know, recognition is, it's such a big corporate feel, you know, you have to provide these big rewards. You have to, you know, make sure employees feel like they're getting stuff in exchange for what they're doing, but a lot of employees just want to thank you. Right. And, and they just want something yeah. to say, hey, you need a job. Yeah. And honestly, it starts with employees thanking other employees yeah. and, and managers thanking employees and employees thanking managers. And it, it's everybody, right? It doesn't matter what your title is or your level. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the same level of recognition to some extent within what they're doing every day. Yeah. And we know gratitude is so key in happiness too. So it sounds like you're really guys building off of that. Mm-hmm. Sounds nice. All right. Well, let me turn the tables on you and ask you what hasn't worked. Is there something you've tried since you've been there or you've seen, you know, um, other leaders try and it's just, it's not working for you guys or didn't work? Um, I think, you know, the, the, in my experience, so I don't, I can't say that it's failed where I'm at today. Um, Just, but in my experience in other workplaces, you know, there's this focus on values within an organization can feel so inauthentic. And I think whenever you're driving for something that doesn't feel real, it doesn't feel like you can have a connection to it. It's really hard to make it work because you need that buy-in. 
anything you do with culture, anything you do with change in your organization, it requires employees to believe in it and to know that it's going to be successful. And so if you are going to have, you know, a small group of people decide what your values are for an organization without getting feedback from your current employee base, it's going to be really hard to roll that out and get buy-in. You have to, you know, it's not that it's guaranteed to fail, but you have to put a lot more energy and effort into context, why, and convincing versus we got this feedback from you guys. These are the values that we think represent our employees. This is what we want to go with. And then you just go. And the energy is just pointed in the right direction right from the get-go. So I think anytime that you're going to try to do something, that buy-in is really essential. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, the times where you've tried top down versus that grassroots that you're Mm -hmm. working with, it's just, um, like you said, maybe it doesn't fail, but it is certainly a lot harder. Yeah. And and I think that it's important to remember that it's not an either or it's not top down or grassroots. It's not employee focused or management and focus. It's both. You have to balance both because ultimately you want culture to be intentional, but you want it to represent the people that are going to be a part of the culture. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, where is this going for you? Like if you had to describe the happiest place to work and some components that you have yet to see where you're at, you know, um, what does that look like? Um, so I think some of the things that are really important to continuing our journey on culture, um, you know, you, you, the industry that, they are, that we are in, we're still kind of coming out of this pandemic mode. We are seeing some disruption in, in materials and things across, across the world. Um, you really have to prepare your team to be agile. You have to prepare your team to want to, you know, keep on the racetrack until you get across the finish line, whatever right. that is. Yeah. Um, it keeps moving, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things that we're focusing on now is how important that manager is. Um, I believe it's an extension of your leadership team. Mm-hmm. I believe that it is inherent to the productivity of your employees um, and I think that it can make or break that that I want to stay or I want to go that an employee might think about from time to time, especially when you might be going through challenges or, you know, they're having some personal challenges in their life as well. Um, so one of the things that we've rolled out within our manufacturing sites is a, um, a communication, self-awareness, conflict resolution training for our managers and supervisors. Mm -hmm. Um, And when, when I say it's, you know, going through our manufacturing groups, it's because that's where, you know, a lot of our day-to-day employees are. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and the whole point of it is so that managers can make a connection to their employees so that managers and supervisors can handle a conversation that goes from a basic, Hey, how are you doing today? To, oh my gosh, I think you're, you know, you're about to walk off the ledge, so to speak, you know, not, not like literally, but right. you're, you're kind of dealing with some stuff. And, and this is a really crucial conversation that we need to have and work through. Um, and so where I see that continuing to grow is throughout all of our employees. You know, if we want to be intentional about our culture, if we want to keep uh, sort of that goodwill that we've bought up prior to the pandemic and kind of mm-hmm. build it back up uh, even more, our managers are going to be essential to that. They're the ones that understand our vision. They understand where we're going and they're the ones that are going to help our employees connect to that and find that purpose. Yeah. And what a great time too, to really be empowering those, um, those managers to deal with the everyday. Cause I know <laughs> lines are getting blurred right now, right? Family, home, work, you know, medical, 
um, educational, everything is just kind of blurred in one spot. And if you have to run everything up the flagpole, then you're just wasting time. Yes, exactly. And I mean, and you, you say that the lines are getting blurred. I mean, that's, that's true, whether or not you're working from home every day, or you're going into the manufacturing site every day, because, you know, there's a conversation happening at home of how much risk are you putting yourself in because of the the pandemic and, and what's your company doing to protect What's your you? company doing about it? Yeah. So yeah. many people have been mm-hmm. staying home because so many companies aren't doing something, aren't doing what they think, um, you know, what the employee feels like should be done or what the employee's family feels that should be done, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we're, it's not a bubble and it sounds like you guys aren't treating everything as a bubble. So that's great. Good on you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, Liza, tell us, um, our listeners where they might find you. I know you're on LinkedIn in case they just want to connect and, and, um, you know, exchange ideas. Yes, I, I am on LinkedIn. You can find me as Liza farm. Um, if you want to check out our organization more, we're master builders solutions and uh, quick Google will get you over to our website. Um, and yeah, I mean, this was a great, great opportunity. I really appreciate the time to talk to you, give you a little bit of insight of what's going on in the day to day and where organizations can really, you know, drive that value and that, that happiness in the workplace out of their employee. group. Yeah. I just love that real full circle effect. You guys are top down, bottom up, um, and it works both ways. So thanks for sharing your thoughts. Amy Dix here. Thank you so much for listening to the Happiest Places to Work podcast. If you are a CEO, HR director, or wellness director for a successful company and would like to be on this program, please visit choose-happy.me slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag happiest places to work podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, choose-happy.me or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Amy N. Dix. Thanks for listening. This is Amy Dix, and we will see you next time.